0: Hello and welcome to the Independent Pharmacy Alliance podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Resnick. This episode is brought to you in part by Independent Pharmacy Alliance, IPA. IPA is a trade association and buying group representing 3,700-plus independent pharmacies, leveraging buying power to help pharmacies access pharmaceuticals at the best prices. IPA now offers a comprehensive third-party help desk, legislative advocacy, and continuing education free of charge to members. Learn more today at ipagroup.org. And in this episode of the IPA podcast, I'll be speaking with Dwight Devera, the senior vice president and general manager of healthcare at Enmar. He obtained his bachelor of science degree in the drug supply chain and information systems from Pennsylvania State University. Dwight is Recognized as an expert in healthcare analytics and drug supply chain, and I also got a chance to speak to Dwight a little bit. I found out that he's an inventor, and I want to learn more about what Dwight invented because I think that's really cool. So, Dwight, thank you for coming on the podcast. Welcome.
1: Well, Anthony, first of all, I want to thank you for having me, and and really the organization I represent, Imar Intelligence, to the podcast. One of the things about podcasts, in particular, it's a it's the new interview but it's kind of on the internet so what's old is new and in particular the journey to kind of this virtual seat in front of you on the podcast has been a little bit different you know i am inventor i am the definition of a healthcare tech entrepreneur so you know very quick story back in 2015 this podcast is about dscsa After the regulation was passed, I was running my own little consulting firm, professional services firm. One of my pharmacist clients told me that there's this problem, there's this unmet need called DSCSA, track and trace, and all the stuff that's out there in the market actually is inappropriate for pharmacies. It was built for drug companies. And so... Being an entrepreneur, being one of those folks who, you know, started later in life into my entrepreneurial journey, I have this skill, strange skill to have that I can read things that are very boring, like drug regulations, and uh, understand them quickly. So I, I read the thousands of pages in the uh, Drug Supply Chain Security Act a couple of times. And then the story is what you would expect from a healthcare tech entrepreneur. I invented one of the leading track and trace platforms in America, a system called Rx Transparent in conjunction with the pharmacist that kind of started me on this path. We prototyped it a bunch of times in 2015, launched it in 2016. Long story short, how I ended up on the podcast, launched this platform in 2016, sold it to over 600 pharmacies and health systems across America. And then the rest of the story goes sold my healthcare tech startup to the healthcare business at INMAR Intelligence just before a global pandemic. Wow. Uh, and so that's how I ended up here. And then also, I have a very unique background as the you know, the executive leader of the healthcare business at Inmar to really kind of talk about this topic. Now, we at Inmar in the healthcare business, make lots of the things in your world as an independent pharmacy owner, easier or not, Uh, something you have to worry about. So a lot of folks know us for being the organization that removes expired drugs or recall drugs uh, from the supply chain or reverse distribution. We specialize in lots of these kind of regulatory, somewhat annoying types of things that you need to be aware of. DSCSA, drug recalls, USB 800, subpart P, RICRA hazardous drugs, like all of these things are part of the Inmar portfolio. But all of those things don't have to do with what it takes to run an independent pharmacy to run really your business in your community. And that's what Inmar tries to do is lighten the load of some of these things that you don't have to be an expert at.
0: Well, Dwight, that's a, an amazing story. It kind of reminds me of a way I like watching Shark Tank. And so I see all of these products come on and the good products are the one that can meet the needs of the people that are trying and selling it. And you saw a need for independent pharmacy when it happened, when it comes to track and trace. And you like reading the stuff that other people don't necessarily like to read long, boring things like track and trace. You found the need and you met the need and you invented a product that pharmacies are using. So that's truly an amazing American story. Yeah, you know, I,
1: I want to kind of talk about being an entrepreneur real quick, because again, like being even a, an independent pharmacy owner, you're an entrepreneurial business, you know, you're not trying to raise money, but you know, you're a business operator. And it's not for everybody. There are hundreds, probably a 1000 times where people will tell you no, Well, people will tell you that, oh, you didn't go to an Ivy League school that you're never going to make it. Oh, uh, you've never done this before. What makes you think you're better than everyone else? And really, like, if you uh, are just crazy enough, to take a lot of people's wisdom and good intention and just say, well, yeah, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to push forward because you do have that belief that you can change an industry. Sometimes it does work. And, and with track and trace, I, you know, I'm kind of the embodiment of it.
0: So with track and trace, pharmacies, they have to play a crucial role to ensure that the quality of prescription drugs and protecting the health of the American public. So track and trace is all about illegitimate and unsafe products. They have to be kept out of the U.S. drug supply chain. There are regulations like track and trace and USP 800. They're designed to do that. Now, I saw an interesting statistic before we got on to doing this interview. CDC noted that drug overdose deaths during the pandemic in 2021 increased to 100,000 people annually. That is a shocking statistic and a sad statistic. So it's really an epidemic in the United States. But independent pharmacies, they have a role to play a crucial role to play in reducing overdose deaths. And specifically, it deals with track and trace. Could you speak a little bit about how track and trace is used to reduce overdose deaths and what is the role of independent pharmacies in doing that? Absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, one of the things which is so admirable about the community of today's listeners is that your community pharmacy, it's an institution in the neighborhood. It it is really, if you think about it, one of the few places in the delivery of healthcare in the united states where you could kind of talk to someone right so you know in addition to being you know kind of a pharmacist owning a business in the neighborhood you have to be kind of a counselor you have to be a financial advisor how you can afford these medications but you're also the last line of defense to prevent bad things from happening and there are bad actors out there you know that statistic about drug overdose deaths fentanyl it's all related to counterfeit and illegitimate drugs in the drug supply chain. If for some reason you're you're crazy enough to order your medications online from just some website who maybe say they're based out of Canada but they're not really based out of Canada, they're just on the internet. You know, there's a high likelihood that some of those medications are not appropriate or not effective or who knows where they came from, they came from the internet, right? Now, and you know, when I talk about the independent pharmacy being the last line of defense where sometimes these folks that have these substance abuse problems, they can't help themselves. And there are cases where say the altered or the medication that's counterfeit is even coming from say the wholesaler, right? You know, the seals are broken when they arrive in the tote from your wholesaler or the medication in the bottle is the wrong color, or it's supposed to be a tablet and it was a powder, right? By the way, this is a counterfeit illegitimate drug. And specifically as it relates to drug supply chain security, this track and trace regulation There are very specific things that you, as a licensed and registered pharmacist or pharmacy owner, need to do to kind of protect society because you are this last line of defense.
0: So, Dwight, how widespread is this problem with fake, illegitimate products, online pharmacies that really are not pharmacies selling these fake products to patients, and some of them even being laced with fentanyl? How widespread is this problem in the United States, would you say? Uh, it's a, it's a bad problem.
1: I mean, in the United States, and one thing that's absolutely true is the U.S. drug supply chain is the most secure and safest drug supply chain in the world. Now, that's just the United States. If, if you're looking at, say, ordering erectile dysfunction drugs off the internet, that's probably counterfeit. You know, if you're, you know, looking to order, fortunately you have a substance abuse problem and you're ordering, say, oxycodone from a source that's online or a source that's not a, a legitimate pharmacy, yeah, there's a chance that, and there have been cases where there are folks with pill presses in their living rooms, and they're essentially creating their own oxycodone or fentanyl-laced products. And there are crazy things where some of these stories are things like, hey, you know, instead of the uh, binding agent being a white powder called like acetaminophen, they didn't have a, acetaminophen, so they use cocaine as a binding agent. Wow. You know, you, you can see articles and say like the Wall Street Journal about these kinds of things are, are really in the popular press because it's out there. It's a bad problem. And certainly all of this effort, all of these systematic things we're doing in drug supply chain security is to stem the tide of bad things from happening by increasing the information about the U.S. drug supply chain. Right. So when people think of a supply chain, they think of like actual physical goods moving throughout the supply chain, from where it's made to where it's used or dispensed at your independent pharmacy. Drug supply chain security is about the information supply chain. It's about actually passing information from the manufacturer to the wholesaler or the manufacturer directly to you, as say like you're an independent pharmacy that's safely buying vaccines, so that you have all the latest and greatest information about all of the products that you're dispensing in your facility.
0: So let's delve a little bit into track and trace and how it works. So pharmacies, just as you described, they have an important role. They're the last line between the patient and the prescription drug. They have to make sure that that drug came from a legitimate source so that the patient is taking it for the reason that they're taking it, to stay healthy. And the danger is that if it's coming from an illegitimate source, it can be laced with fentanyl. It can be laced, like you said, with cocaine, which is hard to imagine. And the pharmacy's role is to make sure that whatever they're giving the patient is the legitimate product. How do they use track and trace? What are pharmacies doing currently under track and trace to make sure that the patient is getting the legitimate product?
1: I mean, today, the regulation is fairly straightforward. You know, today you need to collect what's called product tracing information or drug pedigrees. Think of it this way, it's purchase summaries. These are all the products you purchased, who you've purchased it from, when, and all of those details about the product kind of as well. It's gotta be in a specific format and you have to be in a position that if something happens, you know, there's an investigation of something that's potentially suspect or illegitimate, even if it came from the wholesaler, You may get a request from, say, the FDA or State Board of Pharmacy saying, hey, provide me this product tracing information, this drug pedigree information about, say, all the oxycodone hydrochloride that you bought in the last month. That's really a legitimate request. And you need a way to kind of collate and get all of this information together in a very specific format and send it back to the Board of Pharmacy or send it back to FDA. And right now it's a 48-hour window from the time they make the request. And I think of that. I was like, okay, that doesn't sound bad. But the problem is, you would have to have done this, you know, or they could ask you this question over anything that's happened in the last six years. And so, all kinds of things happened in the last six years. So like, have you changed wholesalers? Could you even look it up, like what you bought five years ago? Do you have it? You know, no one has this stuff printed anymore, right? It would be an amazing amount of paper, right? And That's generally what you have to be able to do. Like it's a documentation exercise. It's a response exercise. And if you encounter something, you know, here's this medication, you're an expert. In all likelihood, you're a pharmacist. You're an expert in these medications. You know whether this pill should be blue or this pill should be white or that it should be a tablet and not a powder. If it looks wrong, you have an obligation. Your licensure forces you to have an obligation to report this to the agency in a very specific way. It could be like MedWatch, FDA Form 3911, and the phone's going to ring. FDA doesn't have folks in windbreakers, (laughs) right? They're not going to show up, right? And say, hey, step away from the counter, right? It'll be a call. The phone is going to ring and they're going to say, hey, tell me about this. If you found it, you know, possibly send it back and let's contact the drug manufacturer because they're trying to investigate and do a root cause. And
0: And it could be a surprise call just out of nowhere. They just call because it's your turn. They decide it's your turn to... You know, the, the interesting thing that we found is that
1: some state boards of pharmacy are checking. They'll ask you a question, or when you go through accreditation, they're like, hey, what do you have for track and trace drug supply chain security? What do you do? Right. It's a, a you know anomalous question, but it may be tied to your future accreditation. It's just important to have these systems in place. And this is today. It's about to get harder 18 months from now.
0: So- When we were off the air, you were telling me about a case in New Jersey about someone who was not in compliance with track and trace, and they ran into uh, some big trouble. Can you tell me about that story?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, the interesting thing is no one goes to jail directly for violations of the Drug Supply Chain Security Act. The biggest thing that's happened so far is there have been some very large wholesalers that have been fined. The formerly FDA would send you letter 483, a warning letter, regulatory action warning letter. Sounds scary. Yeah, sounds scary. But there was a, a a person from New Jersey who was counterfeiting erectile dysfunction drugs, actually mixing the legitimate drug with counterfeit drugs, mm-hmm. you know, was sentenced for all of that fraud and that kind of work, but then got an extra couple of years on there on his sentence for failing to provide product tracing information. <laughs> because when you distribute drugs in the state of New Jersey, you have to provide track and trace information. So it was like an add-on story.
0: You're not going to go to jail. Right. But it's
1: just like the
0: (laughs) icing on the cake. (laughs) So this guy, he went to jail because he was making fake drugs. He was producing these fake drugs. And on top of that, he got in trouble for not following track and trace on top of that. So they decided to lay that charge on him too. So it sounds like he definitely went to jail for a legitimate reason. No question about it. But I think the important thing for pharmacies to note from what you're saying is that they need to be in compliance with track and trace because they could be getting a call from the FDA. They could be getting a call from the state board of pharmacy. And it can just be a surprise call and say, hey, we just want to check what's your compliance like with track and trace? What's your plan? Can we see it? And you have to be ready. You have to be ready with your plan to be able to tell them, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm in compliance because you don't want to be fine by them. This is something you want to avoid. But at the same time, you want to make sure you're doing all the right things to keep your patients healthy and safe. Because like we were talking about before, there are so many counterfeit products out there. And the last thing a pharmacist wants to do is pass along illegitimate product to their patient and hurt them in some way.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, remember, you're a community pharmacy, you know, an independent pharmacy. You're a pillar of healthcare in your community. You don't want to be on the other end of some kind of regulatory action, which is absolutely public knowledge. And then it's sent out as a press release by the Department of Justice.
0: Right, exactly. So there's a date that you told me about, November 2023, that pharmacy owners really need to keep on their radar screen in terms for track and trace. It's going to be a new regulation. And could you tell us a little bit about this regulation, how it's going to impact independent pharmacies' daily workflow processes? Is there any discussion about possibly delaying this rule?
1: So at Inmark, we interact with the agency, even during COVID, uh, fairly often in industry meetings, things like that. We ask the agency directly, like, hey, is there? we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You can relax to this deadline. November, 2023, a little less than 18 months from now. And the agency's response was no. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, so that was fairly understandable. Right. But in November of 2023, and remember, track and trace, drug supply chain security, we've been working on this for a decade. It started back in 2013, when we had some really bad things happen with compounding pharmacies. Right. And there were a bunch of these regulations related to track and trace that were state by state, like Michigan had one, Florida had one, California had one, right? And they were contradictory, right? And so FDA and a gridlock Congress was like, well, forget all this. We're just going to create one standard. And in 2013, they were like, you guys need to figure all this out in the next decade, November of 2023. Right? <laughs> and we're like, all right, what could have happened in that 10 years? I'm sure we could figure it out. But in November of 2023, track and trace, drug supply chain security gets meaner and faster. That's the best description of it, right? So right now you have to have these pedigrees, product tracing information. It's kind of like purchase summaries. The amount of data is about to explode because now in 2023, you have to have information about every serial number of every product that you're actually dispensing, right? And so instead of the data that you need to collect being just these purchasing summaries, like I bought 15 bottles of whatever, right? You know, it's going to be like, here are 15 serial numbers for those 15 bottles. And here's the other part of it is in November of 23, you have as a independent pharmacy owner, a requirement to verify that this serial number that you got the data for is the serial number of the actual product that came in the door. Now, you could do this with your eyeballs and, you know, looking <laughs> at your numbers, but like the biggest issue is there's going to be if you don't have some kind of system, there's going to be an incredible loss of efficiency. There's no way to kind of compare to 13-digit numbers, you know, alphanumeric numbers on computer file and on a physical bottle of some pharmaceutical. And the requirements are the same. You have to hold this data for six years. Instead of having to respond in 48 hours, like our guidance or what we're seeing is it gets cut in half. You have 24 hours to respond to anything that's out there, right? In addition to having the same requirements that you had in the past, like Hey, you have to report it if you think it's something is suspect or illegitimate, and you have to respond to any product tracing request. And the agency wants to have everyone participate in the the interoperable system, which is a very amorphous topic. But the interoperable system, the best description of it is, if anyone in, in the audience today has been involved in searching for a drug recall, the drug recall process today is like the FDA shouting into the rain. Like I'm recalling these following lots. In the interoperable system in the future, the FDA wants to, within 24 hours, pinpoint that this serial number in your pharmacy has been recalled. And then you have some very
0: specific things to do. Wow. So it's getting very specific, much more specific.
1: Right. Faster, more specific, kind of harder to do. You know, FDA's opinion was, hey, by the way, all of you have known about this for 10 years. Right, right. You need to kind of figure it out. And unfortunately, like sometimes a lot of independent pharmacies are like, well, you know, I can look this stuff up with my wholesaler and it's really going to be pretty impossible to kind of pull it off with just looking it up in the wholesaler and then looking at the bottles that came in and and just kind of managing it manually that way. Also, I don't know any independent pharmacy owners that are only buying from one wholesaler. There's shortages, you're buying vaccines, you're buying this direct. Oh, yeah, you know, I can get this. At this price from this other direct wholesaler or direct manufacturer. Let's not talk about vaccines. That was <laughs> right. And so it's very heterogeneous. And for the most part, one of the things that, well, that I foresaw back in 2015, I'm like, yeah, you know what? The world needs a system to deal with this.
0: It does sound to me, because I, I'm a layman in terms of track and trace, it sounds like a lot more work for the pharmacy. So Pharmacy owners and regulatory bodies like the FDA and the boards of pharmacy, sometimes there's a disconnect Mm -hmm. where the FDA, they're working on this regulation for 10 years. They've been putting out messaging. They say, hey, pharmacy owners, you should really know about this already. You've had plenty of time. But the pharmacies, they're busy serving their patients. They're managing their business. And unfortunately, they have to deal with pharmacy benefit managers. And they're not always looking at what the FDA or their local board of pharmacy is saying or putting out on things like track and trace. But this sounds to me like this regulation could be more time intensive for them. It's going to really delve into the specifics of where that particular pharmacy is purchasing their particular product. And so the pharmacy, it seems like they have to be ready at a moment's notice to be able to tell the FDA, the board of pharmacy, hey, this is where I purchased it. This is the specific product. This is the number for the specific product. And they're saying, my God, I'm already so busy. I can't imagine taking on another regulation and adhering to another regulation. What do they need to do if they're saying, look, I can't do this myself? what kind of assistance can they get if they're saying there's no possible way i don't have the staff i don't have the time to do this on my own what should they do
1: well i mean in particular and kind of like what i mentioned you know kind of earlier on the podcast one of the reasons more intelligence really kind of brought on my solution rx transparent is it's part of this portfolio of making things that independent pharmacy owners need to be aware of easy to deal with because you are in a, you know, you're a pillar of the community. You represent, for the most part, healthcare in the United States because you, well, you don't have great quality time with your physicians anymore, right? So you probably talk more to pharmacists, right? And, you know, there are all kinds of issues which are in front of this, right? There's the appropriateness of this medication for whatever your condition is, access, right? Uh, affordability. Can you even afford your medications? Like, are there any adverse consequences and things like that? Safety. And then there's this regulatory stuff. And one of the things that you, you need to know is that there are organizations like ours at Inmar Intelligence where we're like, yeah, you know, we can deal with these regulatory things, right? And there are teams of people. The awesome thing here at Inmar, we have teams of people and lawyers and regulatory lawyers that are staring at all these things. So I don't have to do all the reading anymore. <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, we're like, okay, this is really what this means. This is really what people need to be aware of. And I I don't have a podcast, but I do video updates all the time kind of every quarter. I'm like, hey, this is what you need to know. this is the latest opinion that we see from the regulators because but in more we have to be experts in all of these things because we just need to be able to release the pressure off what's really important for independent pharmacists.
0: So if a pharmacy owner finds themselves in a situation, they know 2023 is coming, but believe it or not, even though it seems far away, it'll be here before you know it. And they don't have time to do this themselves in order to become into compliance with this new rule. What kind of a service does Inmar provide specifically for the pharmacy to make it easier for them to comply with track and trace?
1: Yeah, I mean, in particular, the 2023 solution, it really is going to be a scanning solution, right, which will allow you to kind of scan these medications, or you can use any scanning solution you have. It kind of collects all those serial numbers, and it's a SaaS-based or web-based platform that collects all that data in the background. And one of the things that we really focus on is making it a system where you manage by exception. So you don't have to do anything except where there's like a mismatch. You know, you scan something, but it wasn't in the data or you have data for something, but you didn't scan it, right? And those are the things that you need to deal with to minimize the issues related to loss of productivity. Because think of how many medications your pharmacy is actually ordering at a serial number level. Every individual bottle or vial is an individual serial number and having to keep track and account for all those things. And so there are systems like uh, Rx Transparent from Myanmar. Just kind of make these things easier. Like, hey, make these things not your problem. And, you know, we certainly have programs for independent pharmacies where we can kind of bundle these things together, create special pricing, whatever we need to do. And it's designed to be affordable.
0: So that sounds really cool. It's a system where I can take the product, scan it, almost like I'm going to the supermarket, and they will put it into this database and I guess track and trace it for me. Yep. Yeah. And then
1: you, the only thing you have to deal with is, when the product is mismatched, like you don't have the data for the serial number or the you have a serial number, but you don't have the product and you're only managing the exceptions. Now, one thing I do need to mention is that this is a, 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 the beginning of what the agency FDA intends for the global supply chain in healthcare. We are practicing with prescription drugs. I wouldn't be surprised if we were talking about track and trace OTC a year from now or track and trace medical devices. Right. So we all need to get good at this. We all need to right. protect the drug supply chain in the U.S., but this is only the beginning of the things that we're going to end up doing in the
0: future. So you're seeing expansion of track and trace where it will go beyond the prescription drug business and it could be going to other parts of pharmacy business, over-the-counter products like Tylenol or hypothetically if they sell any kind of medical devices, let's say a blood pressure gauge or a walker, it can go into every aspect of the pharmacy business to make sure that whatever product they are selling is safe for the public.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, because we get recalls of all kinds of things that are like medical devices or OTC drug recalls. And again, like the OTC thing is fairly straightforward. It has a national drug code, right? It's just a different classification instead of prescription pharmacy, it's now OTC pharmacy. Sure. You know, you could almost just turn it on, but that's speculation. You know, I want to say that that's right. something that may happen, but it, it it's not in the law yet.
0: You know, what's scary about all this kind of stuff, Dwight, is because when I, sometimes I go to the dollar store and at the dollar store, I'll see Tidal law, Advil and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself sometimes, are these legitimate products? Is this for real? And I remember I was there with my wife and I said to her, we can't buy it from here. Something just doesn't feel right about it. And I think that's really what track and trace is all about. It's all about making sure that whatever the patient is buying from your pharmacy is a legitimate product and that your patient can feel confident that when they're taking that drug home, that this is something that's going to improve their life and not going to harm them in any way. Absolutely. Right. You know,
1: you want to make sure that first of all, and again, I can't comment on drugs in, in non-pharmacy chains, right? But, you know, again, is it is it expired, right? Or how close is its expiration? Like, is it, you know, adulterated in any way? Is the packaging intact? You know, there are all kinds of issues that can befall an individual medication. And so is it outside of the bounds of cold chain requirements, right? Because, you know, many of our medications nowadays are, are very sensitive to heat and light and cold, right? So there are all kinds of things that we need to keep track of.
0: Dwight, I want to thank you for joining me today. You made this topic which can be very dry and difficult, fun, and easy to understand. And I want to encourage IPA members, if they have questions, if they're concerned, because this 2023 rule is coming out, to reach out to you in case they want to find solutions that will help them ease into this new regulatory process for track and trace. So, Dwight, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: The pleasure is all mine. You know, again, I'd love to... Uh... know kind of be a voice in the community and you know you get the bigger audiences and i am glad that my skill of being able to read and interpret things that are very long and boring (laughs) have translated into making this topic somewhat more bearable
0: absolutely absolutely i think that's a great way to describe it dwight you have made this topic bearable (laughs) for people and we need that we definitely need people like you in this particular field so for more information and to learn more about Dwight and how Inmar can help you comply with Track and Trace, go to Inmar.com or you can email Inmar at solutions at or call 866-440-6917. Thanks for listening to the Independent Pharmacy Alliance podcast. This podcast was made possible by the Independent Pharmacy Alliance and the president and CEO, John Giampolo. It was produced and edited by Zach Stone with music by Marcus Way. For previous and future episodes, check out ipagroup.org. Thank you very much. Bye for now.